Welcome to Pentecost Sunday, amen? It's an exciting time to know the Lord, and we are a Pentecostal church. Can I get an amen? Uh, we are a Pentecostal church. Uh, if you didn't know that, then maybe you're surprised, but we allow the Holy Spirit to flow and to move in this house, and uh, we're excited. Uh, and we believe that God's able to heal, deliver, set free, save, fill with the Spirit, with other tongues as uh, God gives the utterance. And this morning, I want to look at this passage of Scripture. Uh, if I were to kind of title this, it's really pre-Pentecost. It's when Jesus first begins to talk to His disciples about the Holy Spirit. If we look at the time frame, and it's close to when Jesus is going to go to the cross to be crucified and to do that wonderful work, atoning work for us. If we look at that, the disciples are probably a little nervous. Anybody ever been a little nervous? Uh, and we see that they know that many times, several times, that they have already tried the religious leaders and various people to take Jesus' life. And now Jesus comes to them and he tells them, this is before this verse, I'm going to depart and go to my Father. Now, if you're a disciple, and, and can I, if I'll lead you a little bit uh, in this direction, imagine if your leader says, I'm going to depart. Would that put some fear and some anxiety in your life? And as they begin to you know, have this conversation with them, I wonder if they didn't think that maybe they had failed on the job that Jesus had called them to do. Uh, we can kind of get there as we look at this scripture and we see maybe they think that they haven't matched up, that they haven't fit the bill, that they haven't done all that, uh, they, that they could for the Lord and doing this ministry that God's called them to do. How many knows that that is a trick of the enemy, of the devil in your life? Have you ever had the devil just whisper into your ear, Aha, I told you you weren't good enough. I told you that uh, you didn't have the skills. I told you that you didn't have the abilities and the function to be able to do what God has called you to do. You see, that's the way the enemy works. He speaks lies into your life. And as they thought about this, Jesus is leaving. What are we going to do? We've been with him. Every day, we've been uh, working with him. We've been doing this work of leading people to Jesus, and we've been doing this work of casting out devils and healing people. And what will we do without Jesus? They may have thought Jesus had kind of fired them, but actually what had happened was he hadn't fired them. He had promoted them. I'm going somewhere with this. How many knows that we have been promoted in the Lord to do even greater things, not to be fired, not to be set on a shelf, but the Lord has come to us and he said, if you love me and you do my commandments, then you will be able to do even greater works for the Lord, for the kingdom. And so uh, that's what we're called. Look at your neighbor and say you've been promoted. Uh, there's a promotion to greater works, even greater things. You see, I believe that sometimes we have the same concerns that the disciples had. 
that we're not good enough. That God couldn't possibly use me to do greater things. That I don't mount up. That I don't fit the bill. That, that somehow I am lacking. But what I want you to know is that Jesus didn't call us to be a lackluster church or a powerless church, but He's called us and He's given us victory to do what He's called us to do. You see, we're a victorious group that are called to spread the gospel and to spread the kingdom of God, and when we do, it will glorify the Father. That's what Jesus said. Many times in Pentecostal circles, can I tell you that when the Spirit moves like it was moving and, and we're used by God, you know, we get this thing that, there's a, whoa, that was great. Didn't I do a great thing? Wasn't that wonderful that what I did? And I want, what I want you to know is that it is about the glory of the Father. He gets the glory. We don't get the glory. And so uh, we're doing all that we do. And Jesus did all that He did in order that the Father would receive the glory. What does it mean to glorify? It means to honor. It means to show uh, our respect to. It means to, uh, to magnify, to cause God to be acknowledged. Jesus said, if you ask anything, anything, whatsoever is what the King, the King James says. And I was curious and I looked up that word whatsoever and guess what it means? It means whatsoever, right? Whatever you ask, that's what God said He would do. There's no mystery to that. It is not limited. God can do anything. Can I get an amen this morning? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think or even imagine. He's able to do it. But it's all about the glory of God. He said, if you believe on me. The word believe means to rely on, to cling to in faith. Every week before I get up here to preach, I say, Lord, you know I can't do this on my own. I don't have the talent. I don't have the anointing like I need to have. But God, if, if you'll just anoint me one more time to do it, Lord. And I trust and I believe upon the Lord. And that's where we have to live our entire life is in a trust and a faith in God that He is going to come through for us. Have you experienced that in your life? It's like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this, but I know that if I'll put my trust, my belief in the Lord, that it will happen. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Back in 2013, I preached a series of messages. Some of you were here and it was about a go big God. Does anybody remember that? And throughout those messages, which lasted a lot longer than I intended them to, from the spring all the way up until the fall, we talked about a big God who wants to do big things through his people. And one of the things that we continued, and you might remember this, and if you do, we continued to say is, I believe my God can do anything. Do you remember that? Can you say that with me? I believe my God can do anything. And I want you to uh, rehearse that in your mind. I want you to understand that, that God is able to do uh, beyond what we can imagine. Nothing is too big for him. But listen, 
He said, ask in his name. I want you to know that that's not a magic formula. That we are to ask in his name, in accordance with his character and authority. Are you hearing me this morning? So in other words, if you could pray a prayer and you were to write it on a check, would Jesus endorse that check? Would he say, that lines up with my will, that lines up with my wor uh, word, that lines up with the purpose that I have for them? Would he endorse the check? It is, is his name, but also in the unity with the mind and the motive of Jesus. That's what it means when we pray in the name of Jesus. Many times we just simply put that on, in the, on the end of our prayer, and we don't really think about it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, there's a mind and a motive of God, and we can be in it, and then God will do anything, he said, that we ask. See, he's sovereign, but he works through the prayers of his people. Greater works, answers to prayer, all of these, he said, is related to love and obedience to the Lord. Despite common preaching, you cannot live however you want to and expect God to answer your prayers. You see, there is a common New Age philosophy that simply says that I can live however I want to, Monday through Saturday, show up for church, uh, worship the Lord, and expect God to do great things through me and answer my prayer. But God does not work that way. He said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. When you go back to the original, it's more like, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so there is an obedience, but here, here's what I want us to understand. Obedience is hard for us. It's hard for us to obey because we have a will and a nature uh, sometimes that's contrary to what God wants in us. But when we love, hear me, when we love, it will drive us to obedience. When we love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our might, then it will lead us to obedience. And then God will answer our prayers. He answers our prayers because they're more like what He would pray. Because we're loving Him and we're loving uh, His kingdom and we're excited about what God uh, is doing in the kingdom. It's not just a passionate sentimental love it's a love that is connected to obedience if you say i really love the lord pastor and you show up on sunday morning and you just worship and then you say but i don't want the lord to tell me what to do with my life monday through saturday that's not real love that's that's against the principles of the Bible. And so here Jesus has answered their question is that he has empowered them, not, in, not fired them. He has called them to greater works, and now he steps into a new thing, and he says, I'm going to send you someone who is a helper. Because that's where the disciples went in their mind. Okay, he didn't fire us. But with him gone, how in the world am I going to do all that he's called me to do? Anybody ever thought like that? 
How can I possibly do this? And Jesus said, it's okay. I'm going to send you another helper. How many ever needed any help? If, you, if you're not raising your hand, then you're not listening to me this morning. How many ever needed any help in your life? How many, uh, just, could you just do it all by yourself? No, we need another helper. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is a helper. He is uh, one who comes along beside us to help us. Look at your neighbor and say, I need another helper. And the cool thing about this helper is that he'll never leave you. You don't have to worry about having to do it on your own because he lives inside of you. Continually present. You'll never be treated like an orphan. You'll never be left. You'll never be abandoned. You'll never be comfortless. You'll never be fatherless because the Holy Spirit will not go away. He will not neglect you or desert you. He is your helper for all of this life. Jesus essentially told the disciples, you're not going to have less help. You're going to have more. I mean, wants more help. Amen? You see, Jesus had been walking with them, helping them to understand, leading them, but now he's going to go away, and there was a fear that they would have to do it all on their own. But Jesus said, uh-uh, there's another helper sent from the Father. As soon as I leave this place, I'll pray to the Father and He'll send another helper. I tell you, there's times when we just need the helper. When we need Him. What does He do? The helper, the Holy Spirit, is God's presence and God's power. It helps us to keep His commandments. When we have the Spirit of God inside of us, then it helps produce godly character. The Spirit of God helps us to do the work of the Lord. The King James Version calls it the Comforter. Isn't that wonderful? How many knows at times we just need comfort? That this world can be difficult, disheartening, discouraging. There are times when we don't know which direction to turn. And Jesus said to them, hey, there's a Comforter coming it's the greek word parakletos it means one who is to come alongside of you he is an advocate he is one who takes your side one who goes with you and carries uh, out the work of god on our behalf he is our defender he is a teacher of truth he's the exact opposite of what the devil does let me know that what the bible calls the devil he is a liar and the father of all lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. The Holy Spirit is the answer to the attacks of the devil. The Holy Spirit will help us. He's our, our helper and he'll shield us and he'll guard us from the attacks of the enemy because he's the power and the presence of God in our life. Notice I keep saying he. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God, the third person of the Trinity. It's not a it, it is a he. The Holy Spirit comes to show you the nature of Jesus Christ. So when we read the Gospels, I, I will tell you that I've been, been guilty of this before. How many have ever been guilty of reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and thought, man, the disciples had it made. 
I mean, Jesus was walking right there with them all the time. He was showing them how to do it. If we don't watch it, we can almost become jealous of the disciples. Man, I wish I was there with him. I wish I uh, had been with him on the earth. But what Jesus told them, and he tells us because we're his disciples, is there is one who is coming, and he's already come, folks, who is the helper who will not leave us. He'll fulfill the role of Jesus in our lives, and he will empower us and strengthen us to do the work that God has called us to do. How many knows we need the comforter? We need the Holy Spirit, that parakletos in our life, and he abides. Do you remember singing that old song? He abides, he abides, hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day, <laughs> and I'm walking the narrow way because the comforter abides with me. He doesn't leave, he doesn't go away but he helps us to accomplish greater works for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you're not going to see me anymore, but there's one who comes to help you, to enable you. As we look at this, are you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? How when we begin to worship God and just like it was a few minutes ago, just the manifest presence of God comes into this place and it's really cool when you're up here and you look out and you just see people's countenance change hands get raised smiles on faces as god comes in through the power of his holy spirit and he begins to make a change in us over the last few weeks there has been a phrase that has been running in my mind i heard someone say it don't even know where and it stuck it simply said a season of preparation. How many knows that God prepares us for what is about to come? He does. And I believe that us as individuals and us as a church, that God is preparing us for even greater works and greater things. I believe that God has a timetable for this world. I don't think it's going to be too much longer and the Lord's going to come. But he's preparing for us for this end time and this end season. You need the Holy Ghost in your life. It's going to be hard enough to make it. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're going to struggle. I need the Holy Spirit. I'm believing in the Lord that he is going to send out a fresh fire, a fresh wind, a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit upon this place to prepare us for greater works and greater things. Will you receive that this morning?